welcome to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we paint the town red with search marketing insights. Get ready, get set, as Matthew Woodward joins us as we get into your blog's performance, how to decide on your blog's identity and purpose and finding your niche, being active and out there in order to find what topics are right for your blog, and where and how does SEO fit into the success of your blog. Plus, we take a data-filled look at Google's core algorithm updates and see if they really are that much more impactful than your run-of-the-mill, unconfirmed Google update. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am, of course, joined by she who exudes jauntiness and lambency, Sapir Carabello. Hi, Morty. I ain't say you have jaundice. This comes from the same root of the word, but... Thank you. Yes. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> How, How are, are you? I'm glad I beat you to it, Jinx. <laughs> Jinx. Oh, yeah. Nice. I'm good. How yes? are you? I'm, I'm sucky. I'm terrible. Okay. Of course I'm good. <laughs> what, what, what am I, I going to say exactly? I don't know. Things are terrible. Yeah, tell me about your The world life. has collapsed. You were, you really... <laughs> no, I'm not that interested. <laughs> no. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you're... Just a side note, okay? You ever you ever say to somebody like, "Hey, how's it going?" And they actually go into all of their problems. So you're like, "Okay, that was awkward." All the time. All the time. All the time. That's like no one cares. Slowly back. It's being polite. Slowly backing away. Slowly backing away. Right. I'm a terrible person. Okay. <laughs> Do not forget, we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find the In Search SEO podcast on the Ring Ranger blog, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and of course, you may subscribe on iTunes. Highly recommended. Amazing. Amazing, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, don't forget, by the way, that uh, the season of Rank Ranger savings, of our summer savings extravaganza is drawing to a close as August ebbs away mm -hmm. so don't forget you sign up for a free trial by august 31st use your 14-day free trial and then sign up for a package and you will receive 25 percent off right so that's a good deal it is we all like deals <laughs> step right up <laughs> i could sell used cars right mm -hmm. totally buy it yeah a hundred thousand miles on it that's it'll last you for a couple you know <laughs> at least 10 years i have no problem lying oh my god i can never do that job it's like lying Selling used cars. I never bought. And that's crazy. Cars. By the way, that's very stereotypical. Because like now you go to like the Toyota dealer, and you buy a used car. You don't mm -hmm. go to Al's anymore. Like who goes to Al's to buy a used car? You just go to like the Honda dealer buy a used car. So that's like an old cliche. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So I know I say this every week, uh, but great stuff coming your way. I have a great interview with Matthew Woodward for you. But first, I'm going to talk to you about some data on Google updates. Since I'm insecure in the fact that if I did the interview first and told you I was going to do my spiel afterwards, you wouldn't listen. You listen to the interview and you would just turn it off. So I do my thing first and then we go into the interview. Why now, that's honest radio. That? <laughs> that's honest radio for Can you. Can always count on you for some honesty, Morty. That's not true. <laughs> or is that true? We don't know. <laughs> now we're just messing with you. Okay. okay. So... Um, I've talked about the idea that we fawn over Google's confirmed core updates a bit. Uh, in the past, I know we brought it up when we spoke with um, Dan Petrovic on the show a couple weeks ago, months ago. It's all a blur to me. A while back, we talked to Dan Petrovic. Um, you can find the link to that blog post, or that blog post, that um, podcast. There we go. Thank you. Episode <laughs> in the blog post that harbors this podcast. So Amazing. if you're looking to hear that. Um, either way, whatever it is. Okay. I wanted to... Um, 
talk about the idea that we perhaps give too much attention to Google's confirmed core algorithm updates, um, too much attention at the expense of the unconfirmed updates. And I want to put some some teeth to that. Okay. Which means yeah. that we mm-hmm. are going <laughs> data. Like, not the Star Trek data. Thank you for mm-hmm. clarifying. Yeah. yeah. Roll music. So, 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 so basically, yeah. I compared or I broke down the rank volatility of the past three core updates. So that means the March, um, wait, which were the past? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. The August, meaning the Medic 2018 update. Mm-hmm. The March 2019 update and the June 2019 core update. I broke down the data on that and I compared it to the last three or so confirmed, I'm sorry, unconfirmed updates. Okay. You got to watch me in that. I always mess it up. Yeah. I've compared the last three confirmed updates to some of the more recent, the last three unconfirmed updates or the last three significant unconfirmed, unconfirmed updates. Right. Right. So not the little ones that. You know, once in a while, more than once in a while, I would say, you know, maybe once, twice a month at minimum, the rink risk index, our weather fluctuation tool, rink fluctuation weather tracker tool thing that yeah. tracks Google's algorithm rink fluctuations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. will show a small update rolling out every so often. Right. I didn't look at those. Okay. okay. Obviously, that's not going to be as big or as powerful as a core update. Mm hmm. What I did, though, was I looked at some of the last things, the last three of the big unconfirmed updates where mm-hmm. we saw lots of rank volatility. Right. Got it? Yeah. Great. Okay, so let me explain what rank vol- what we mean by seeing a change in rank volatility or rank stability. Okay, let's just mm-hmm. make it very, very simple. Let's say we're looking at 10,000 keywords, okay? Okay. And I'm looking at what URLs show up, let's just say, for argument's sake, in the first position on the SERP, okay? On Monday, for these 10,000 keywords, here are all the URLs that show up in number one on the SERP. 10,000 URLs, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say we take a look at the next day on Tuesday. How many of those URLs are still ranking number one? Okay, so let's just say for argument's sake, on a, on a stable day with no algorithm update, let's just say it's 95% of the URLs are the same from Monday to Tuesday. Right. Now, let's say on Wednesday, there's an algorithm update. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take a look at the URLs from Monday or even Tuesday. And let's compare them to the URLs in the number in the number one spot on Wednesday, okay? okay. During the update or after the update, all of a sudden now those ten thousand URLs don't match ninety five percent of the time from say Monday to Wednesday or Tuesday to Wednesday, right? Now when we look at Tuesday's URLs and we look at Wednesday's URLs in the top position for these very same keywords, now they only end up matching or it's the same URL from one day to the next. Let's say. 80% of the time. Mm. So you went from the URL being shown one day to the next day, 95% of the time, 95% of those URLs are going to be the same. To, oh, when we look at it on a Tuesday, we look at it on Wednesday during the update, now those URLs match only 80% of the time from one day to the next. So, wow, that's a big drop. Right. Right? In, Google's moving all sorts of URLs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's what I mean by rank volatility in a nutshell. Right. Okay. Got it? Yeah. Great. So what I did was, um, I specifically, I looked at the conf- unconfirmed Google updates that both preceded and followed the March 2019 core update, as well as the more recent uh, July 2019 unconfirmed update that was a very, very big update. Mm. Okay, so I compared those three unconfirmed updates to the last three confirmed updates. Right. Got it? Yeah. Get it? Good. So guess what I found? 
Mm, the unconfirmed updates were just as powerful as the core updates. That's what you expect me to say. Right. Right? Because otherwise, why would I bring this up? True. True. Not true. Okay. The core <laughs> updates at the top of the SERP, meaning when I looked at rank volatility over the top three positions, were noticeably more volatile during the average confirmed update. I know this is a setup. Yes. That this obviously. is not the entire picture. Like, everyone does. You're not fooling anyone. Okay, and by the way, I'm not trying to fool anyone. Uh-huh. I'm trying to chunk the material so that it's digestible <laughs> to the average listener. Okay. I'm not, I'm not stupid. Unless you're, are you talking to my mother again? <laughs> okay, the only person who thinks that I'm stupid is her, basically. Ahem. Ahem. All right? Okay. I know no one. I'm not <laughs> fooling anybody, but I'm breaking the information up into digestible. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Tidbits. Digestible tidbits. Okay. Okay. Got it. Great. Okay. So the but here, okay, the the caveat is there were cases where the overall volatility among the top three results, meaning position one, two, and three on the Google SERP, um, during an unconfirmed update were actually more volatile than what we saw during a confirmed update. For example... The July 2019 unconfirmed update had certain positions, let's say the second position maybe or the first position, that were more volatile than what we saw during, let's say, the June 2019 core update. Mm -hmm. But that's for the July update, the unconfirmed update. Right. But the July 2019 update was unusually strong. Yeah, okay. That was a very, very strong, and you might say um, that's a bit of an outlier. Okay, so if you don't, Mm -hmm. if you aren't, you know, a... um, a, a tracker of all things Google updates. There was a July 2019 core update. Oh, no, sorry, I always going to mess this up. An <laughs> unconfirmed update. An unconfirmed update. Right. That was just massive. Mm-hmm. Okay, very, very massive. So okay, obviously this very, very massive update is going to compete with the rank volatility level seen during a core update. Right. So Morty, that's obviously an outlier. Right? Right. Okay, so let's just summarize where we are because it's a lot to yeah. take in. Okay, right. one. We're all nuts for falling over this notion that Google confirms something, it officially confirms an update, so therefore it must be more powerful than something it doesn't confirm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the logic that we seem to be operating right, with. Right. And that sort of makes, it's a natural sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and it's, it, number two, it seems I'm the one who's nuts because rank volatility, um, it, the increases seen in rank volatility are much higher during a core update, then an unconfirmed update, when you look at the top three results on the SERP position, one, two, and three, show more volatility during a core update. So why am I saying we're giving too much attention to the core updates? Mm-hmm. Except number three is except that I am not nuts. I beg to defer. That's fine. <laughs> to quote the Big Lebowski, that's just like, you know, like your opinion, man. <laughs> and your mom's. And my mom's, right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe also my father's. I don't know. Oh, no. Let's not get into this, okay? Okay. No, you're good. We leave the family trauma off the podcast. <laughs> we only allude to it. Okay. I am not nuts, okay? Okay. Here's why. Because when you look at the top 10 results on the SERP overall, the core algorithm updates and the unconfirmed algorithm updates and the levels of rank fluctuation seen during the core updates versus during the unconfirmed updates are both in the same ballpark. So I am not nuts. In other words, when we move down the SERP and look at the SERP overall, page one overall, they match up. Let me give you a little bit of data, just a bit of data. Yes. Okay. The overall increase, meaning for the top 10 results, okay, 
during the, the average the average increase in rank fluctuations across the top 10 results across all niches during the June 2019 core update was a 62% increase in rank volatility. The overall average rank volatility increase, rank fluctuation increase, seen across all niches, across the top 10 results on the SERP, for the unconfirmed update that I looked at back in April was 51%. I mean, there's 11 percentage point difference in the overall rank volatility increase between the June 2019 core update and the unconfirmed update that I looked at in April 2019. Mm. That to me is in the same ballpark. Okay. Um, by the way, the July 2019 unconfirmed update saw an overall rank volatility increase of 72%. Okay, so you have 62 for the June 2019 core update, 51 for an unconfirmed update in April, and 72 wow. for the July unconfirmed update. So let me give you some data on these specific niches just to show you that there is a sort of level playing field between some of the core updates and some of the unconfirmed updates. Okay, so for example, the top 10 results within the retail niche saw a rank fluctuation increase of 25% during the June 2019 core update. During the April unconfirmed update that I just mentioned, the same niche, the retail niche, did not see a 25% rank volatility, rank fluctuation increase. It saw a 43% rank volatility increase. Wow. wow. The point is, the unconfirmed update for that niche was far more volatile right. than what that niche saw during a confirmed core update which we all go gaga over because Google officially confirmed it. Right. Okay. If you go through the niche-by-niche niche analysis among the top 10 results, you will find multiple, multiple instances where the unconfirmed updates saw major or significantly higher levels of rank fluctuations than what was seen during an official core Google-confirmed, Google-named core update. Mm. Got it? Got it. By the way, by the way, the fact that when you, you start seeing the unconfirmed updates sort of catch up to the core updates in terms of the levels of rank fluctuations, when you don't look at just one through three, positions one through three, and you start looking at positions one through 10, which seem to indicate right that basically the, the bulk of the increased volatility for the unconfirmed updates, which allows it to reach those levels of the core updates, is happening between positions four through 10, right? In other words, the logic is very simple. If one through three, the core updates are more powerful, but one through 10, the unconfirmed and the core updates are sort of on the same playing field, mm -hmm. it must be positions four through 10 that are allowing that to happen. So if you looked at just position four to 10, um, you would see the gap between the confirmed and unconfirmed updates narrow? Yeah, so I would imagine so. I didn't track that metric. It's not a metric I track. Mm. But the logic makes sense, Spock. Right. You know who Spock is. I don't know. Oh, forget <laughs> it. By the, by the way, this is absurd. <laughs> Pointy ears, Vulcan, Star Trek, Leonard Nimoy. Listen, I have I have a life, okay? What do you mean they, 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 you have a life? <laughs> That's not true. That's first off. Sec secondly, he would- Stop exposing forget me. It. I'm, we're moving on. Okay. Okay. By the way, another by the way. Um, the unconfirmed update in February that I tracked, I tracked one in February, I tracked one in March, I tracked one in April, the unconfirmed updates. 
Yeah, the one I tracked in February was very much generally less impactful than any of the core updates. So not every unconfirmed update is equal. So when I say that the unconfirmed updates and the Google confirmed updates are on the same playing field, it's not true in every case. But by the way, not all core updates are equal. Some are bigger, some are smaller. Some impact rank more, some impact rank less. Right. Okay, so just understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it, so just say it. Say what? Say, yay, we don't need to pay attention to the core updates as much. Because they're all equal. All core update, unconfirmed update. It's, you know, they're the same as the ones we generally ignore. So let's you're, ignore all of them. You're such a whiner. <sighs> That's accurate, actually. I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, in any case, I am actually not advocating that we should not give extra attention to the core updates. I am simply saying that we we focus so much on the core updates and so little on the unconfirmed updates, and there's no reason to do that. Mm. The data says we shouldn't do that because the levels of rank volatility seen during the average unconfirmed update approach what we see during a core update. Right. Okay? However... There is an extra reason why I think we should focus on the core updates. Would you like to know it? Um, do I have a choice? No. No, you Sorry, don't have a choice. Really, You're stuck I'm, here. <laughs> yeah, I want to know it. Okay. <laughs> it's it's good information. Yeah. Okay. For whatever reason, and we can get into that another time, it's another topic, the core updates that Google rolls out have, I'll call them latent tendencies within them. There's You can find... They have a very strong message or very strong profile to them. There's a lot of unique site-level information that you can take away, whereas an unconfirmed update's a little bit all over the place. Mm. It's hard to find a pattern. It's hard to find what's going on at the site level. It's hard to explain, okay, why is this happening and to any extent. Obviously, you can't do that in reality to any algorithm update. You can't explain it totally. But there are themes within the core updates that you can sort of pull out that aren't available as readily found within the average unconfirmed Unconfirm, update. Right. Like for example, the whole YMYL thing, right? Google focusing on your money, your life, and the health niche and the finance niche, uh, or the way that, you know, the core updates sort of show Google focusing more on authority. All these things that we're talking about, whether you like them, whether you believe in them, whether you don't believe them, all these things that we're talking about in the SEO industry are because of the core updates and the the information that comes out of them more readily in the site level than what comes out of an unconfirmed update, which right. is all over the place. Right. So there is a reason to focus on the on the core updates because we learn a lot from them. Right. But we should also focus on the unconfirmed updates because we can also learn a lot from those too. Right. And they should get more attention. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be the stepchild of the SEO industry. <laughs> and, just, and as a stepchild, I can tell you that you should, they should get more attention. Thank you, more. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> yeah, I should get, really, like a, you re- should get a medal. reward for it. <laughs> like a purple heart. Thank you. Right, right, you're right up there with someone who got injured in war. Right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> okay, let's move on uh, into something a bit more action-focused. Let's move on to Matthew Woodward, who has a lot to say about what you should be doing with your blog. So... Cut one. Welcome to another In Search SEO podcast interview exclusive. He is a prolific producer of SEO-related content. I would go so far as to call him or dub him the king of SEO tutorials. He is Matthew Woodward, and he's here to talk about all about blog strategy and blog optimization and traffic. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on. That's a great introduction. <laughs> I, I aim Thank to flatter. No, no, my pleasure. <laughs> thanks for coming on. 
no worries, no worries. I'm hoping to 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 share some good insights with, with everyone today and, and everyone should walk away with at least two or three things are like, well, I got to go and implement that. So well, that's the best. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. No, my pleasure. So you got to tell me like two things. One is, you know, tell us all what you do and also tell us how did you get into SEO tutorials? Because you have so many amazing uh, videos out there. Okay. Well, I've been playing with computers in the internet for, well, I mean, I used to deliver newspapers to pay for my server What's uh, a newspaper? Before, before YouTube. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I've been, I've been playing with things a long time and uh, SEO I've been involved with for, wow, more than half of my life. Um, <laughs> so pivoting into, into SEO tutorials one day, I, I kind of just realized I had a light bulb moment. I saw on lots of forums and stuff kind of, kind of terrible advice being shared. And I was like, whoa, if I just recorded what I'm doing and shared that with people, maybe that will be cool and helpful. <laughs> and um, yeah, it turned out it, uh, it got a great reception. Um, some of you may know tiered link building videos was, was the first videos I ever made way back when, I think in 2012. And it just skyrocketed from there, really. Wow. They're amazing. And there's so many of them. You should definitely check them out. And we will definitely put a link into the uh, blog post for the podcast. Um, let me, let's start talking about, we're talking about blogs, everything to do with blog strategy, blog optimization, blog traffic. So why don't we just start off talking the idea of, is there a difference between strategically thinking about your blog versus strategically thinking about, let's say, a landing page or another sort of page? Okay. People um, put labels on different types of pages and, and things like that. But for me, every page obviously has a purpose. If it's an e-commerce page, it's to sell a product. If it's a landing page, it's to often grab an email address, lead phone number or, or whatever it is. Um, and blog posts can be used for content. But they all kind of support each other. A blog post can generate a lead. A blog post can generate a, a sa a, an e-commerce sale. A product page on an e-commerce site can provide reviews about the product or information about the product. So they all kind of are, are, are two of the same, well, three of the same thing, really. So I'd like to really, instead of treating pages as blog posts or landing page or, or, or anything else, I just look at them as, you know, which action do they align to the business? And then from there decide on, on on what we're going to rank sometimes you might actually decide that this informational content is generating a lot of leads so we're going to focus on on bringing more traffic to that but you might find oh well this landing page is generating a lot of leads how can we develop this landing page with content for it to rank higher and and, and everything like that so yeah rather than looking at, at things differently it, it's more of a, a harmonic look at at, 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 at the structure I, I i don't treat things separately if, if that makes sense that makes a lot of sense i mean but from a certain respect it makes all the sense in the world you're going to adjust your your content to be whatever it needs to be for the purpose you're you're trying to achieve which is obviously to make more money at the end of the day yeah yeah and how you do that sometimes it's a product page is a better way to do that sometimes a, a, a traditional landing page is better to do that or, or sometimes a, a content heavy page sometimes even a graphics the best way to do that how you do that um you, you know it, it, there's not a static rule it's it's based on, on what you're dealing with in that moment so i'm going to come back to this a little bit i have a i have a method of my madness here so I'm a, let me let me build this up a little bit because i want to get into a little bit of i guess blog strategy 
All right, so I have, I have a very, very big believer in the idea that your blog has to have a very strong identity. Right? A lot of times you see blogs that are, let's say, digital marketing blogs. So we talk a little bit about this. We talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that. It's sort of like, like a breakfast cereal has a little bit of this in it. It has a little bit of that in it. And I, I find that for a lot of reasons. One is in terms of your audience, but two in terms of Google and uh, Google itself. Having a strong yep. identity to your blog makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's, it aligns with some of the things we've seen going on algorithmically lately. I don't know if you can qualify this or quantify this rather, but how much of your blog traffic do you think comes from having a very strong identity to your blog? Okay, well, I guess identity is something actually I suffered from with the blog. It started off as an SEO blog and then I started publishing other things as well, talking about email marketing and social media and such things, which kind of alienated my core initial audience. Um so I brought that back on track to focus more on, on SEO and, and its roots. Uh, so having a core identity or, or a core, not less core identity, more core purpose. What's the purpose of the blog? The purpose of my blog is to create the best SEO tutorials on the planet so that when anyone's asking a question in the forum, the immediate answer is to share my tutorial. That's my purpose. I want the tutorials to be that good that people use them to win arguments in forums or help people or you know that's my purpose so that comes across into the identity of the blog the identity kind of mixes in my personality i'm i i'm very kind of direct i keep things short and sweet i don't like too much fluff and uh, that's communicated through the personality of the site now that's for me but let's say the, the 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 blog of rank ranger for example well what's the purpose of that ultimately the purpose is to generate leads and sales for you guys but your ultimate purpose can just be you know we want to solve every rank tracking problem on the planet through our content so keep keeping that i not not just identity but purpose you've got to, you've got you've got to keep all of that in, in mind when you're creating content Right, and that's a good point. One is it's a good point to think about. Not as okay, I'm writing content, I'm gonna hit these keywords, I'm gonna hit that keyword or whatever it is. But also what what can you do outside of search with the blog? And one of the great things you just mentioned was it, using it in forums, right? If you go on Twitter even, oh yeah, you have that you're talking about this topic, boom, I have a blog post about this. So that's something to consider when you're creating your blog and how do you want to utilize it and so forth. Um, I do want to go back into and I'll, again I'll get back into a little bit more later. And the, the sense of using your blog for authority versus using it to create traffic per se, but leaving that aside for a moment, one of the things that you, and you, you mentioned it yourself, right? That you, you, you did a blog about SEO and then you moved away from it. Then you moved back and started doing SEO tutorials. So even within a certain topic, right? Let's say you are doing, let's say SEO, you can do, you can talk about reviewing SEO okay, tools. Yes. Or link building, on-page SEO, keyword research. Right, yeah. tons of stuff you can do with it. You can do SEO interviews. You can you can focus. You could be the guy. It's all the interviews, all the great you know um, thought uh-huh. leaders in, in SEO. Um, yeah. Right. So how do you decide on? Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write about SEO. Or I'm gonna write about whatever it is. But how do you decide on the format of your content? So. Are you asking me how do I decide on what to write about? Or no, how not what I to write about, but what is going to lay it out or if it's going to be a video or text. Not even or, that. Like you focus on SEO tutorials. That became like your thing. Yeah. Right? So how do you sort of develop a thing? Because even within SEO, you could write about a million different things. You can have a million different formats. One day you can do an interview. One day you can do this. One okay. day you can do that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I started with a video tutorial. All I did was screen capture. 
the 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 idea for this tutorial just came from being part of communities, listening to the communities, the problems they were facing, and so forth. It just so happened that um, people wanted to learn about how to do tiered link building and set everything up. In that case, video and certainly screen recording of exactly what to do was the perfect media for that. I actually had those videos converted into text and image-based tutorials and people did use them for reference, but they didn't use them to learn the process. They watched the videos to learn the process and then use the text and image version as a point of reference. So in that example, video was the way to go, but it's not always a way to go. And how, how do I decide the format? Well, over the years, the format of my content and how I present it has changed. The reason it's changed is twofold. One, feedback from users, just listening to comments. People, you know, most of my posts have four or 500 comments, some of them thousands, just listening to that feedback on the blog, in social media, in forums. I have monitoring set up with Google Alerts and Talkwalker and Mention, and I I'm constantly listening to people send surveys out. I ask them, they told me that they want to learn with video and image. Uh, sorry, video and text. They told me they don't want to learn via podcast. So that's how just, you know, observe first, what should I write about? And then listen, feedback and, and to feedback and refine, refine your overall process and format. Right, I mean, that's a good point. You don't have to have all the answers before you get started. I mean, it, it all progresses. I feel it's one of the things that say, uh, with our blog, we, we ended up, you know, focusing on high level Google announcement algorithm updates. And it, it wasn't initially that if you go back, you know, three, four years, we were talking mm -hmm. about all sorts of things in SEO. And it, over time, it's sort of our own personality sort of developed and uh -huh. what users liked and what we liked and what it, how it all sort of came together. It's a very slow process. I don't know if you can initially go out there and say, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and this is how it's exactly it's going to be. I think you got to give it time. Yeah, it is, it is a process, especially if you've never created content before. It is. Uh, well, that's a real process. Yeah, it's yeah. a real process. Um, but as long as you keep you, your core goal, your core reason, core, you know, in mind as you're creating it, that will save you learning a lot of lessons the hard way. <laughs> right. <laughs> let me let me jump on that. Actually, now we've come full circle talking about reason and purpose. I'll, I'll tell you for us personally, for me personally, when I write, sometimes I have two different goals in mind. One could be, okay, so you know what? This is a really high volume topic. Let me write about it. I know a lot about it. I have expertise about it. And I have a unique take on it. I won't write something unless I know. I can offer something yep. unique about it. Yep. At the same time, sometimes I write something, you know what? This is going to get linked you know, pretty well. And it may not get tons of traffic initially. It might not hit a big, you know, or it might not hit one of those high search volume keywords. It really builds authority if I'm an expert on this. Okay, I have a perfect example for you right now. Go for it. Um, literally before we, okay, so your first example, creating content, search volume, I have knowledge, I have authority, I have a unique take. That is probably about 80% of what I do, okay? Right. Solid approach, and if you actually have got expertise and a unique take, it's the approach that you should take. Um, but right now just before we jumped up on this i was playing around last week with faq rich snippets and okay. i found out that i can instantly increase visibility of a keyword i can instantly 
increase its chances of showing up in the featured snippet and push it up the first page of results. If it's a, if it's a rank eight, I've seen them pushing up to rank two or three. All just by adding a little bit of code to your page. It's copy and paste, you press update, you re-index it in Google, and we're finding results pop into Google's live search results in around 60 seconds. That's fascinating. And this is all done with FAQ rich snippets. Now, if I go out and Google that, there's no search volume, right? Like if I go right. and research, no one's searching for it. It's a new topic, it's a new thing. Um, and it's widely reported. It's nothing new. Right. It's been published in all of the news sites. But what I've done is I've experimented with it and found, well, little ways of doing things. And it's 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 incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So that is going to be in a video format, which I'm literally going to publish today. Oh, you can get a little sneak preview. I'll send you. I'll send you the all video right. right after this call. Because sounds you, good to me. I, I, I think it's the best SEO hack of 2019. I, want, I do want to talk to you about this, actually. Okay. Hack all time. So let's see. Um, but off the back of that, I've created a little tool that will uh, help generate the code and the video. So that is content that hasn't got search volume, but it is going to attract a lot of attention from the entire niche. And in turn, probably a lot of links, which in turn will raise all of the other ships. Right. So that's, you know, I could, I could, look, I could have looked at that and gone, oh, well, you know, no search volume, boring. But, <laughs> um, you know, that's the SEO approach. Well, the, the I find that the old SEO is, approach, but yeah. Yeah, right. So, I, I mean, by the time this gets published, uh, you guys listening, this will be out there. I'm pretty confident if you do a google search <laughs> you'll find it hit in fact just hit my youtube channel you'll find the video we'll link to it um, we'll link to it yeah but it's uh yeah very interesting but i want to ask you since we're on the topic of faqs of what sorry since we're on the topic of faqs so one point by the way so we just started tracking this um maybe two three weeks ago so one thing you should know as the time of this recording i don't know what's going to be with time we release this recording but i would imagine it'd be very very similar there's only one on the SERPs that do have an FAQ how to markup on the page. There's only one of them on the page on average, meaning yes. you're, you're not competing with somebody else. You're getting all of that visibility goodness for yourself. Yes. So that's one thing. And two, I got to ask you, you said, I, I, maybe I misheard you, but you said that you've noticed that when you, when you implement the schema, um, mm -hmm. you seeing your rank shoot up. Yes. I, I, not, not, not consistently. Okay. Because I have seen that for a bunch of sites, I'm trying to figure out, is it a pattern, is it not a pattern? The, the most extreme example, and this is not a typical example, the most extreme took a keyword from position 12 to position 9 with the FAQ data. Yeah, after there's something days, to it. it. After three days, it took the featured snippet box. During the you know, unconfirmed July update that happened on the, was it July 18th? Um, I'm talking about yesterday. Yesterday, I'm saying so. Yeah, even then we like, saw a bunch of some travel sites had the same thing. They implemented the, the markup, and then all of a sudden they shot up in, in the rankings. I, yeah, I don't know if it's a correlation, um, if it's a causality or not, but there's something there's something going on. This is what happens. I deploy the code. I request indexing. I see immediate results. So even if you don't get a rank increase, you get more real estate. Sounds right. Right. Obviously, and big real um, estate. Yeah, yeah, Huge. and um, yeah, it works, and it makes sense that it works. We're giving Google what they 
Yeah. We're giving Google what they want, how they want it. Um, there's a reason they're winning the voice assistant battle. There's a reason they're providing the most accurate answers. They've been organizing the world's information for the last 20 years. And now, uh, like a bunch of sheep, we're going to go and run out and deploy FAQ snippets and give them more what they want. And they're going to win that market and they're giving us more search visibility. And yeah, yes, and, and I, I don't think we often think about that. Like, oh, you know, which target featured snippets? Yeah, yes. And then you should. And we should do this and all these things. You know, cause we're, that's how we're going to beat Google. Maybe that's what Google wants you to do. Because uh, Google, yeah. Google well, needs not, those snippets for voice search. Google, like, most of us rely on Google. We shouldn't be trying to beat them. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, like, we complain about Google. And I'm the biggest cynic and the biggest complainer. But I would not want to have to start optimizing for another search engine all of a sudden if Google went down. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 what's nice about this is that um, they are rewarding us with more visibility. They are giving back to the publisher with the and FAQs. Yeah, yeah. With other things, no, 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 no. But with this one, good deal. With this one, I, yeah, it's a good deal. I'll take it. I'll take you it. Know, yeah, I'm yeah. going to start appearing in voice search. I'm giving you what they want. They're giving me a little bit of what I want. Um, yeah, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get back on target, no pun intended, because I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Well, actually, it kind of it kind of relates since we're talking about giving people what they want. So yeah. there's so if you if you did a search and you talked about you know how to increase you know traffic to my blog, you're going to mm -hmm. see things about targeting your audience. You have to target your audience. You have to know your audience. You have to target your audience and so forth. I, but yeah. it's, it sounds really easy. Yeah, I'll target my audience, but in actuality, it's very hard. So, yeah, well, um, it depends. The way I go about it is I just join communities and observe, listen, watch. Um, you know, if, if, if you're building a recycling website, you know you're not going to write an article uh, promoting Donald Trump, right? right? Like, you, like, so it, it, it's quite easy to, to get to know your audience just by observing. Um, and, and and more or less, most audience suffer from very similar problems, concerns, fears. Um, you know, like in the SEO world, you can categorize it down into link building. Most people have problems with link building. Right. So getting to know your audience, you know, why do people have problems with link building? Well, because I've seen it. I've watched it. I've observed it. People have told me. Um, so getting to know your audience, is, it's, it's just, you know, grab a coffee, open up your laptop and browse some forums and facebook groups get involved answer some questions where you've got a bit of knowledge ask some questions see how people respond and react to you um and you you'll get you'll get you'll get a good feeling for it the seo niche is brutal oh, you guys true. are harsh <laughs> Let me tell you no that. but it's a good point i work in this is the harshest most brutal oh we're nice people are nice <laughs> helpful i've been i've been i've been in other industries and it's much worse Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it could, it could be. I only know nice people, so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but it's a true. It's a good point. A lot of what I write, the topics that I come up with, I'll, I'll be on Twitter and I'll notice. You know, people are talking about this. People are bothered by this. You know, there's a lot of questions around this now. Let me, let me delve into this a little bit. Yeah. So being yeah. being yeah. active is so important. Yeah, you gotta be. You've gotta be. You've gotta be part of it, and yeah. and I'm not. I used to be very, very, very active in terms of of actually commenting and communicating in forums and such things. But now I just watch. Now I just observe more more than I uh, am taking part. But yeah, I mean, you, you got to have your finger on the pulse. 
So, I mean, ba- so basically, when your boss gives you a hard time, hey, why are you and Twitter hanging out? You say, no, 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 it's it's content research, man. Yeah, it's research. Yeah, man. it's research. <laughs> chill out. Right. You just tell you just tell your boss, hey, boss, chill out. <laughs> See how that goes for you. <laughs> let me let let's switch this up a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's so much you can talk about strategy, and we've talked a lot about strategy. How you think about your blog, how you know the, your purpose for your blog, how you go about fulfilling that purpose. But there's a whole other side of the equation. There's all the technical SEO optimization that goes into goes into any page. Of course. Right. So yeah. how would you weigh the two? Where do, where do they sit relative to each other? How much of you know, having a successful blog is your strategy, uh, marketing versus you just have to have some basic sound SEO? Okay. Well. And what's important for your blog particularly? Yeah. The, the, the first thing that actually many people seem to miss out on is that when you're writing content, you got to write it for humans before you can make it relevant for search engines. And everyone else is doing it the other way around. They're making it, they're writing it for search engines and then kind of, well, not even really trying to make it relevant to humans. Right. So you've got to have human friendly content before it can become SEO friendly content. That's amazing thing, by the way, because Google will say so many times, write quality content for users and just people just yeah. ignore and it. The fact that we're speaking right now is a testament to that because the reason I started the blog in, in 2012 was because I was sick and tired of hearing Matt Cutts banging on about, oh, quality content, forget about link building, just generate, dude. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let's see, let's see. <laughs> well, well. Was Matt right? Yeah, yeah he was, was right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not completely right, but, uh, you know, the, the the point was was proven. Well, tell me about that actually, because I I know at one point you said your blog had a problem, and it's a, you have like a famous case study about this. Like your your blog yeah, hit I a wall because I, I built a blog with zero link building. You know, I I'm SEO all the way, I have content links, boom. Uh, but this was an experiment. Can I, can if I just listen to what Google keep banging on about instead of trying to game them? Right. <laughs> what happens? Like if I forget about link building and focus on quality content, what happens? And what happens is you end up building a seven-figure blog that wins a ton of awards. Right. <laughs> awards are nice. So there's a case study on that on on my blog, and I actually publish an income report every month uh, from day zero up until the point it crossed the 1.2 million dollar mark. I think every single month for like years documenting what I did, why I did it, how I did it, where the traffic came from, what content I published, why I published it, where all the income came from, where all the expenses went. Uh, there's like 60 of them every month. Um, so you can, if you, if you go to my homepage, then click on the blogging section, you'll see the income report section right there. So, so out of all of the recording and the, you know, the taking stock of your of your blog what are some major takeaways from what went wrong and what went right and what you should do um always focus on 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 the human it's very easy to look at google analytics and see a bunch of numbers and forget that behind those numbers are real people having real experiences they're the content that you've written is entering their head. It's been processed by their brain and they're having a thought about it. It's very easy to get disconnected from that when you're looking at numbers. And it's very easy to get disconnected from that when you write in the content. Yeah. You've got to really 
keep the human in mind and often as seos and, and bloggers we're so distracted by automation and tools and this and that and the other that you often can't see the woods for the trees so stay focused on that keep keep the the, the, the human in mind you know the human's going to share the content the human's going to tell their friends about it the human's going to pull their credit card out and make you that sale so that's the first priority it's easy to lose sight of that yeah ma major we love numbers and we love quantity it's one of my one of my soapbox points that i get up and scream about yeah. look at things qualitatively because first off if you're just starting out your blog's taking a long time it's going to take a long time until you get up there and until you get traffic until you whatever it is but yep. also even when you are you could have hit you could have posts that are hit that are hits you could have posts that are misses but not every miss is really a miss i i talk about this with feature snippets okay so you're in the feature snippet Everyone's going to click on your URL and so forth, but maybe they don't click on mm -hmm. your URL because snippets are a little bit shorter than they used to be, and Google's much better at giving you a direct answer in the snippet. But there's uh -huh. another reason to be in a snippet is that it's, it's authoritative, and people look at, oh, this site's in the snippet. They must know what they're talking yeah. about. There's so many different metrics to, by which you can measure your blog's success. It's not always traffic. Of course, of course, yeah. But we sort yeah. of get hung up on that a little bit. Too much. Yeah, 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 and, you know... I, uh, the, the favorite thing of my blog is a testimonials page within my email sequence. After you've been on my list for like seven months, if you're still opening my emails by that point, I ask you for a testimonial. <laughs> nice. And there's hundreds of video. Like it's incredible. Um, when people are, oh, you doubled the organic. I added, now I've got 30,000 visitors a month. Uh, I took my business from $50,000 to 200,000. Like that's the, the, when you're hitting feedback like that, that's what brings it full circle for you. Right. That's the metric right there, right? Like that is the metric. How many real people have you actually right. had a noticeable impact on? And not just noticeable, measurable impact on. Right. Because you can have a million like, people coming to your site who, don't, who they come, they look, and they leave, and they don't care. Is that yeah. really what you want? And that doesn't align to the the the, the goal or the mission of the blog. No, I'd rather have one person, is... particularly if they're an influencer, say, "Wow, this is a great piece," or "This is really interesting," and start a discussion, make a connection. You you can use content to make connections, and that's a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. And you, you, as sometimes you just don't even know who you're helping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you don't know who's reading. But it comes around. Eventually it comes around. Yeah. That's why focus on the people. Just focus on connecting people's problems to solutions. Uh, that's really, if you, if you do that with, in your content, whether it's a blog post, a landing page, whatever it is, if you just focus on connecting people's problems to solutions, you will see success. Okay, then. So before we end, well, not end, I have a little fun bit that we're, we're going to do. But um, before we end this part of the interview, just what are some really quick, impactful, less so on the cliche side of thing tips to consider when you're trying to create a blog, sustain a blog, and win with a blog? So say that again. You want me to? <laughs> so just to sort of wrap things up here a little bit, what are some things that you, you should consider when you're you're starting out with a blog when you're trying to maintain a blog you've started and you're trying to really create wins with your blog. What are some non-cliche pieces of advice that you have from your own experiences? Okay. When you're starting out, I find that people, when they're starting out, they're so 
distracted by trying to get traffic and links that they don't put foundation effort into the content. If you're starting out, you've got to build a foundation that not just Google will love, but humans will love. So make sure you put the effort into building that foundation. Now, that's going to be different in different niches. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're in payday loan niche, you might want content about the risks of payday loans. You might want to build a simple little calculator tool or, you know, little things like that. You've got to have the base foundation content to support your blog's overall mission before you go out there and start shouting about it. And if you're trying to sustain a blog you've already sort of established? So if 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 you if you pass that and now you 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 not sustaining it but trying to grow it. Okay, fair point. Then that's where you've got the kind of like sharpen your spear. Okay, which content was working good, which content didn't get a response, what are people talking about right now? Uh, are there monetization opportunities? Could I post reviews? Could I post a bit more commercial content? Um they're the kind of questions you should be asking yourself when you're trying to grow the blog. Right. Well, you know, that's a, that's a good point because it's funny. It seems that people sort of skip steps. Those are the things you should not consider as much when you're trying to first start out the blog, but there's things that we end up doing when we first start out writing a blog that you should consider yeah, later. A lot of it you can't do because you've not had the failures yet. Right. Oh, I like that. I'm going to quote you on that. So... You, you know, you've, you have to fail. You can't worry about what you're going to do next until you finish getting what you're doing now. And I see it so often. People do not put the effort in to build a found, solid foundation and user experience before they run out to promote. To promote. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and and you're, way, go, you're going to fail. And, it, and it's, it's a good point because you need to learn from it. And that's how you, that's how you get better. Don't don't freak out. Yeah, if, 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 if you were open a retail store, if you were opening a, a supermarket, right, would you open your supermarket with only half the shelves in and all the, pro, like, the milk on one shelf and then a different type of milk on another shelf in the far corner and then the broccoli, like, close to the door, but the carrots right at the back of... You wouldn't open a store like that. It's a mess. Yeah. So why would you open your website like that? Because <laughs> it looks good. Like you got to you got to build the. I need to have a website. The, you got yeah no no but I'm saying why if you wouldn't open a retail no, store I'm, in an organized cluttered mess yeah so just why people are people just launching jump the gun. websites before before it's ready to launch like because we're itching so, we're itching we got to get out there yeah 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 and that's a problem you you, you got to build the foundation before you put yourself out there and. N too many people do it the other way around. They just throw something up, put a, oh, put a bit of content, and straight out there. They've not thought about their mission, their experience. They've not baked that into the site yep. before they come to promoting it, and that's that's a big mistake. All right, so let's go in a little bit of a different direction. So I have this game that I play with my guests after they're done offering their really you know profound, deep, and helpful advice. I like to just you know sort of take it a little of a more humorous direction. So I have this thing called Optimize or Disavow It. And it's where I give you, if you're an avid listener of this program, you know what it is already. If you're not, it's where I'm going to give you two options. Neither they're two really good okay. options and you have uh -huh. to choose between one or the other or the two terrible options and you're stuck choosing one terrible option over the other one. Both, <laughs> okay. both, both ways kind of suck. <laughs> All right, so this is the Matthew Woodward Optimize It or, or Disavow It. could choose just one say you're living in a zero-sum world 
Okay. Would you rather have some really trashy, poorly written, thin content that's wonderfully optimized, or a a literary marvel that has absolutely no optimization going for it? Let me ask you a question. Sure. What keyword density do you uh, think equal. Shakespeare wrote to? Oh, Shakespeare? I don't know. Do they have? Do they have? <laughs> was there a keyword research back for Shakespeare? That's exactly why I'd write it for humans. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I hate I hate Shakespeare. I always hated Shakespeare in high school. That's a terrible Every example. Every single person on the planet has read his words at some point or another, and hated whether them. in English or their native language. <laughs> And then, and then say, who wrote this? Why did they write this? This is good. <laughs> Which just goes to because show you, your content doesn't always have to be good. No. To be famous. I'm joking. But, I, 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 but it was written for people. Right. Well, back, you know, 500 years ago, whatever it was, uh-huh. I'm sure it was and, great content. And since then, people haven't really changed that much. We're still the same feeble creatures. So I would always write... For the human, because I I said it before, you can you can make you got to write content for the human before you can make it, you know, digestible for the search engine. You can't do it the other way around. And while I 100% agree with that, I took a different takeaway from that. I took a takeaway of, you know, what you write one year, people's tastes change over time, and what they liked back when Shakespeare was alive, and what they like now are totally different. All the Shakespeare fans are, are yelling at the at their that, at their audio device topics. right now. Yeah, topics change, but the fact that how he wrote for the people that that he wasn't worried about. Oh, I wonder what how Google's going to index this. He's worried about, no, he about the king. He I did, hope the king doesn't yeah, get offended. He, yeah, you know, I don't like die. Say, any author, Stephen King. Who? What? What keyword density does he write to? Better you know, author. like like they don't. No, they write right. to the people. That's and, right. And and and, and it, it, people have been, you know, people have been writing for the people for. Wow, millions of years. Heck yeah. So that's that that's what why why change that? Why cha- why why reinvent the wheel? That, I that's agree. my take on it. Yeah. <laughs> a, a note to my listeners, yes, I did say that I like Stephen King better than William Shakespeare, and you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, <laughs> thank you, Matthew, for coming out. I really do appreciate it. This is fantastically awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Bye bye. And we are back to your regularly scheduled InSearch SEO podcast. Um, I think the idea of really giving your blog identity is very important. I think it's something we don't talk about enough um, to find your, you know, your true niche. Mm-hmm. I, for me, for us at Rank Ranger, I'll, I'll speak about it personally. I can tell you that takes a long time. That so you can think about, you can have an area that, in general, area we speak about SEO, we write about SEO, but to really find that honed in. You know, niche that like you know the string of topics that really define who you are. People can expect to see this sort of content. That takes a long time to develop. Right. Right. So you're doing a good job. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate that. That's nice of you to say. You have to say that. <laughs> no, That's I know. Why. I really. I don't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we pay you to say that, literally. Uh, no. Oh, really? You really mean that? Yeah. Sincerely. Sincerely. You've said so many insincere things. I don't believe you anymore. <gasps> I'm, I'm joking. I believe you. Thank you very much for the compliment. I'm sorry to be a jerk. No, it's okay. okay. I'm used to it. Okay. All of this. <laughs> All of this brings us to the Rank Ranger InSearch SEO podcast community question of the week. Take it away. 
This week, we want to hear how you found your blogging direction. Right, right. How do we want to hear your experiences, not your tips this week? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can share tips, share whatever you want. But I really want. I'm just curious. I, I, I find so much validation in hearing these sort of stories of how how you found your blog's identity, how you really found that niche of what you within an industry, what you focus on, what you talk about, how that came about, how that developed. Because there's so much to learn from these stories. So share those stories. Right. Share your blog story with us. <laughs> um, you can find, by the way, you can find the Rank Ranger community question on Twitter. You can find it on the blog post that harbors this podcast. And it'll be on Facebook and LinkedIn. Look for it. And you can enter anonymously in our Google um, form, our Google Doc there. Yeah. So if you don't want to share your name, you have that option as well. Okay. We got to move on. We got to move on. We got to move on from data to insights to the, the news. news. Yo, Sapir. Yo, Adrian. You know who that's from, right? <laughs> I have no idea. Rocky, holy mackerel. Okay, let's just... No. Yo, Adrian. Yo, Sapir. Hit it with the news, please. Google is having issues indexing new content. And no, I'm not repeating an old story. This is a new problem with new content. Google confirmed that, again, it is having an issue with indexing some new re- newly released content. Yeah, that was a weird one. Because, mm. they, they, like you said, they, they said they came out like, yeah, there seems to be a problem. Right. And then they came out like a day later saying, well, we're not sure there's really a problem or not. It's a weird, it's very strange. Because mm-hmm. people were definitely seeing their content being um, put out there and not indexed, while some sites were seeing it. So it wasn't across the board. There seemed to, from the SEO's perspective, to clearly be an issue, which Google, if memory serves correct, initially said, yeah, and then they said no, and we do this whole weird tango (laughs) where we dance together to not index our sites. This is whacked. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. Whacked. Thank you, Marge. It's whacked. (laughs) Accelerated ad delivery will soon be no more. As of October 1st, you will be stuck with standard delivery for your Google ads. So I guess for many of the more advanced PPC folk, I would have to imagine this is not welcome, but for your average PPCer, mm-hmm. uh, may, may, may make, it may make more sense not to have that option so you don't mess up your ad budget. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Google says, says that if a doctor reviewed your medical content, you should say so. Right. Meaning that if you, have a, if you are a medical site, a health site, and you had a medical professional review your site, that should be indicated as such. That kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here's Google again, in my opinion, fueling the Y-M-Y-L-E-A-T fire without officially saying, yes, like here's <laughs> what's actually going on. Kind of just wish we'd put this all to rest already, but okay. Okay. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Yes. yes. Uh, it looks like Google is starting to put video results within the people also ask results. Yay. Yay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I like okay. that. I like, I'm all for videos. I know. I don't like to read. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> 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 we all, come on. Let's all admit. We all like videos. We don't like to read. Anyway. That's a lie. Okay. That's not true. It is true. Can I move on? Do I have a choice? No. Yeah. Lastly, to all that use uh, EMP, you can now... Add custom JavaScript to AMP pages. Yay for Yay. AMP. I have so much to say in AMP. and so much controversy <laughs> about AMP. And you don't, you want to go there? I, f- I don't want to go there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I have a blog post about this. You can find it online somewhere. Yeah. Uh, on someone on the Rank Ranger blog. <laughs> I don't know. I put that in a while ago. Mm. Anyway. Moving on. Yeah. All right, folks. It's that time again. Oh, no. Time to get fun with it before we sadly have to say goodbye. So here is this week's fun 
SEO send off question. So this week we're asking um, if Google won the lottery, how would it spend its money? Now I'm going to ask Sapir for her answer. I don't have an answer. And yes, we've gone through this. She didn't like the. <laughs> you don't like the question. I don't like the question. You protest. No, I don't. I don't know what to answer to this. Like Google is rich enough, first of all. That's my answer. Oh really? Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> oh, that's my, okay. My answer. My answer was. Okay, Google won the lottery. So how much is that? I don't know, hundred million dollars. <laughs> so that's all the money it made in the last like five seconds. I mean, so I guess it would buy a piece of pie with it, maybe. I don't know, pack of I, cigarettes. I'm telling you, it's a lousy question. Six pack of beer. That's a lousy question. It is. You know what? Fine. Well, let's bring in the person who wrote this week's question. Okay. Shall we? Yes. All right. You are all in for a treat. <laughs> Levy, the editor, <laughs> is coming oh, on the In Search wow. SEO podcast to answer his own. Fun SEO send-off question. Should I bring him in? Yeah. All right. Okay. We have brought in sound engineer extraordinaire, Mr. Editor of the InSearch SEO podcast himself, Levy. Hi, Morty. How are you? I'm good. How's life going? Uh, Fine. So um, what made you think of this week's question of what would Google do if it won the lottery? Well, I was thinking what I would do if I won the lottery. Okay, so let's ask that first. What would Levy do if he won the lottery? <laughs> do we really want to know? Drugs. Uh, <laughs> what? No? no? No, nothing like that? Con- uh-huh. Nothing Nothing with contraband in it? No, no. Uh-huh. Just relaxing. So Sapir had no answer. She protested this question. I Why? said, I I think because, oh, I don't know. We're not going to get into that. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a sore point. Hmm. I answered that, well, Google won. How much How much is, is the jackpot? First of all, yeah. tell him your answer. No, I'm, 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 I'm asking, no, I'm asking how much the jackpot is. What's the jackpot? I, something significant for Google because Google is like a very... But no, but... Okay, so like, like you, rich you, enough. So. Okay, but that's that's like, the, there's, there's no lottery like, like that. Question there's no lottery like that. All right, fine. Levy. Yeah. Google won the lottery. Yeah. What would it spend it on? Well, since Google is consistently in the need of updating itself uh, mm-hmm. with the Google algorithm updates. Are we going to make over? Yes. Like the first thing Google will do <laughs> is get cosmetic surgery. You know, like a smaller nose here, a teeth whitening here, a facelift, and anything that it can do to make it more perfect. How about them butt cheeks? Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Good thing I'm the editor, <laughs> and I'll just take that out. <laughs> well, that will do it for us. We'll just leave it there, shall we? Um, okay, thank you for listening to this week's version, this week's edition, this week's episode of the In Search SEO Podcast. We greatly appreciate your patience with that last question. It is, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, you were saying thank you to the audience. <laughs> thank you. Don't forget, by the way, it's been In Search because we're all in search of something. Bye-bye.